Senator Robert Francis Kennedy died at 1.44 a.m. today, June 6, 1968. Only a few press photographers were there in the crowd of fans and family and campaign workers that swept Robert F. Kennedy off the victory podium and into the kitchen pantry at the Ambassador Hotel in the very early hours of June 5, 1968. One of them was Boris Yarrow, a 30-year-old Los Angeles Times photographer-reporter who was already off-duty, but who wanted a souvenir picture of the man he expected to be the nation's next president. Kennedy had just won the California primary, and his campaign was in the sudden ascendant. He was being steered away from the thrilled crowd and toward a press conference, through the pantry, into the range of a 22 revolver, and into the tableau that Yarrow photographed in a half-dozen black-and-white frames of light and dark, life and death. Yarrow, who recently had a small stroke, remembers with intensity those moments of being so close to Kennedy, the man whose life, like a now unrealized American future, lay bleeding out across a concrete hotel floor. What were you doing at the Ambassador that night in 1968? Well, I had, I worked San Gabriel. The San Gabriel part of the L.A. Times. So I got home. I, it was beat. I watched a little black and white TV set, and Mr. Kennedy going to win. And uh, I said, oh, man, he's over at the Ambassador. It's not that far away. I didn't there on an assignment. I was there for a picture for my wall. Drove over there, went down to the Ambassador Ballroom, and Kennedy wasn't out on the floor yet. People were dancing, and uh, somebody said, here he comes, and the door from the kitchen opened up, and uh, he walked in the ante room pantry. And um, Richard Drew, who went on to a wonderful career in New York on AP. He was working that night, Pasadena Star News. Hey, Boris, I got a place. And he's sitting on a little freezer. And I go hopped alongside him and we're waiting Kenny walk past to go out in the ballroom. Finally, I put my camera up in the, up the eye, watched what's happened, and nothing's going on. And I hear a voice behind, Boris, you miss him. He was already went by me before I even had the camera up. So, too, he had the same problem. People walking close to Kennedy had covered him up. Then uh, we went out to the ballroom. I found a place to stand about third row back from the podium. And he's listening to the speech. And he's, as he is winding down, oh, Bobby, give us a V. Give us V. So he doesn't take 12 seconds. Long enough. <laughs> I got one. And uh, so he left the podium, and I went moving back. So I thank all of you. Those of you are here. Mayor Yorty has just sent me a message that we've been here too long already. So... Uh, my thanks to all of you, and now it's on to Chicago, and let's win there. Thank you.
But I didn't want to get away from the crowd because I didn't want to get covered a second time. Uh, finally, Kennedy stopped walking, and he surrounded a cluster of people shaking hands in the pantry. And I'm trying to get a picture of his face and shaking hands, and somebody set firecrackers off. <laughs> Thought they weren't firecrackers, they were bullets. I got hit in the face, debris from the revolver. And I gone, some damn fool throwing firecrackers. All of a sudden, realize the guy's got a gun. You saw him and the gun. Yeah. I'm going to show something. <laughs> <laughs> he had the revolver in his hand. And if played like your Bobby Kennedy, take boxer position. Yeah. So he had pulled the trigger and finally at one point aimed down on Kennedy's head. So Kennedy saw Sirhan with the gun and brought up his hands defensively. And Bobby was doing boxer thing, not stop bullets. How far away was he from Bobby Kennedy? Oh, Sirhan? Culture than you you and I. And I was on this side of the waist high freezer. I saw two or three people grabbed Sirhan. They grabbed him, and then he had uh, the revolver still in hand, and they slammed it down on the, on the freezer countertop right in front of me. I was about two feet, three feet away. I didn't think of, about making a picture of that. My eye was on that revolver, and it was now sitting loose on top. And he, Sirhan, trying to reach for it, and I go, bullshit. I mean, I didn't say that, but think it. And I reached under the guy who was holding him, sitting on his left side. I reached in and grabbed it. He was trying to get off another shot, do you think? Yeah. He didn't realize how many he shot. I didn't realize that other people hit and down on the floor. So you got hold of the gun. Yeah. But you also had a camera. I had a camera around my neck, and which... Way, the way you're taught to do it, have strap. And when I got the revolver, I brought it right in front of me. I'm holding on to the grip, and the damn thing, grip is hot. From a sure hand, holding on to this nervous whatever. Somebody came by and grabbed the revolver right in my hand, but I saw he had a sport coat on. I figured it's cop. Didn't worry about it anymore. Senator Kennedy has been shot. Is that possible? Oh, my God. Senator Kennedy has been shot and possibly shot in the head. I am right here. Rafer Johnson has a hold of a man who apparently has fired the shot. He has fired the shot. He still has the gun. The gun is pointed at me right at this moment. Take a hold of his thumb and break it if you have to. Get his thumb. They have the gun away from the man. In this shot, they've got the gun. I can't see. I can't see the man. I can't see who it is. When did you start taking pictures again? Once the revolver was gone, I looked where Kennedy was standing, and he started to slump down. Like his knees were crumpling? Yeah. 
when I get around the freezer, he was on the floor, feet out in front, and Romero was coming in. So I get three pictures, and some lady grabbed a hold of my coat sleeve and said, don't take pictures. I'm a photographer. I'm not taking pictures. And I said, God damn it, lady, this is history. The three shots you got of yeah. Kennedy, did you have any idea what you had in the camera? No. I went to the press room. There were maybe 10 phones, nothing, nobody. Nobody answering their phones at a hotel. So I got back up in the lobby, and I started almost out the door. Corner of my eye, I see phone booth. Drop a dime. Hello? Who picked up the phone? <sighs> Thomas. Bill Thomas, who would go on to be the editor of the paper. And uh, I said, Kennedy has been shot. See, yeah, we know, but he's been shot in the leg. I said, no, sir. I saw blood coming out of his ear. I said, get down here now. So I take that as gospel. <laughs> I don't think I stopped at any stoplights. Between the hotel and the Times? I didn't process my own film. I was told to go back to the dark room get somebody process and the old person in the darkroom, Bill Murphy, William S. Murphy, former Marine combat photographer. I told him, said, double develop it because pretty dark. When I went over the ambassador to make a picture, it was for me, not some goddamn magazine or paper or whatever. Oh, I didn't bring flash. Part of the reason, when Sir Ham erupted from the crowd, had the gun, I didn't bother to try because too damn dark the other side of the freezer. And the second reason, I think, I was afraid the guy had a live revolver and pulling the trigger, I don't want to draw his attention. I hate myself. <laughs> Why, Boris? I couldn't do it. I grew up, Sean Wayne, you know, from Iowa. Wayne is from Iowa. I had time to think about it. I couldn't have done anything because it wasn't that close. You didn't think that you could have stopped the shooting. You don't reproach yourself for that. Yeah. I was there. I was on my feet. I wasn't hurt. You shouldn't reproach yourself. <laughs> oh, you're wrong. I'm sorry. But I have awakened many a night trying to stop them. In your sleep, reaching. Take us back to the newsroom and what happened when Bill Murphy brought your prince out of the darkroom. I went back and he said, there's a good. And turned around and walked up to the city desk. And I followed behind him. He's, look. He's holding up the photo. Yeah. Two photos. And he said some nice thing, but I don't remember what good picture or whatever. But, <laughs> sorry. I went back to my dark room. I cried. I remember Dick Main came back and looking for me. I opened up the door. I told him that you tell anybody this, I hate you. It all came home real quick. Did you go home and go to bed, or did you stay up all night? Um, I went home, took a shower, changed clothes. 
went back to work, and lo and behold, Jim Wiggins, who was my boss, said, uh, nice job last night. You know, Sir Han lives here in Pasadena. Do you want to go? So you went out to Sir Han's house? Yep. So I run in the backyard, and there's paper boxes about this tall, trash cans. And these were boxes full with paper and more other stuff. So I pick up a notebook of paper, and RFK must die. RFK must die. RFK must die. Son of a bitch is psyching himself up. Just one sheet, several, in the bottom of the box, empty shell casing. You think he'd been target practicing? Yeah. I got, hey, what the hell are you doing down here? You got caught. He had the police yeah. badge, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, for 50 years now, there's been this industry of conspiracy theories about bullshit. And I see on my own eyes, this bull. Excuse me. How did you feel seeing Sir Han's anger toward Robert Kennedy? Anger. Heartsick. He was going to be a president. Yeah, he would have been a good one then. And this country would not have gone to hell in a handcart. Turkey, Nixon, ran a country worn with ourselves. I would, hope, I would hope now that the California primary is finished. Now that these primaries are over, that we could now concentrate on having a dialogue or a debate, I hope, between the vice president and perhaps myself on what direction we want to go in the United States. What we're going to do for those who still suffer within the United States from hunger, what we're going to do around the rest of the globe, and whether we're going to continue the policies that have been so unsuccessful in Vietnam of American troops and American Marines carrying the major burden of that conflict. I do not want to, and I think we should move in a different direction. Boris, you've done so many extraordinary pictures over the years. Can you say you're proud of this one, or it's one you wish you had never taken? I have to live with it, and I don't like I took ex-assassination photo. They're not something I'm proud of. Pat Morrison Asks is produced for the Los Angeles Times by Pat Morrison. It's engineered by Mike Heflin and Dave Wine and edited by Heflin. The audio is from ABC News and from the Mutual Broadcasting Company. And the music is Daniel Varsato playing Eric Satie on the Sarabande label. Subscribe to Pat Morrison Asks and never miss a podcast.